Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest. But first, I'd like you to put something on your calendar for the new year. If your real estate business could benefit from additional investment capital, you definitely want to come out to the Secrets of Successful Syndication hosted by the Real Estate Guys, March 27th, 28th in Dallas. It's the best event of its kind anywhere on the planet, and I have to tell you I've attended a lot of events. You're definitely going to want to come out to the Secrets of Successful Syndication, March 27th, 28th in Dallas. To find out more, check out victorjm.com slash events. That's victorjm.com slash events. We're back. Today we have a great guest. He's none other than Mr. George Ross. George was an executive vice president in the Trump Organization for many, many years. He was Donald's right-hand man, and he's the guy that I credit for a lot of the successes in the Trump Organization. He's the author of two best-selling books on real estate and negotiation. He taught at the law school at NYU for over 20 years. And prior to joining the Trump Organization, he worked for Goldman and DiLorenzo in Manhattan, where he did a total of 702 transactions, personally, over a 10-year period. My conversation with George this weekend centers on maintaining liquidity in your business. Enjoy this conversation with George Ross. Hello. Good evening, George. Good evening, Victor. How are you? I'm great. Good. Great. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Great to talk with you again. And it's at moments like this that I'm very mindful of the passage of time. And George, you've been in business for 60 years, married for how long, George? Oh, too long. 60 years. Wow. More than 60. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. <laughs> so, George, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York pumped $109 billion into the market today, and that came in a couple of different parts. This is what's called the repo market, yep. almost $88 billion in overnight repurchase agreements and $21 billion in 15-day repos. This is the mm-hmm. bank injecting liquidity where they basically take bank securities, whether it's a money market fund or yeah. a certificate of deposit. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah, they exchange it for cash. So, right. so the banks have this mechanism that if they need some cash on a few hours' notice, they can go get it. They've got the Federal Reserve ready to step in and do that. But as businesses, we don't have yeah, that. Yeah, but they pay for that. They, they, they do. They, they pay, pay an interest rate. They do. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's not a very high interest rate, but it's still. Oh, no, I know that. Yeah, but they, if they need access to quick cash, they can get it. Now, mm-hmm. when when you were in the Trump organization, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what business you're in, whether it's a big business like that or a small business, you get money one of three different ways: you can raise equity, you can raise some debt, you can use your own short-term cash, uh, cash on hand. What rules of thumb did you have in place for managing liquidity? Because uh, liquidity is extremely important in any business. When your business runs out of cash, they, they go become insolvent. Uh, what rules of thumb did you have in place? Because uh, we're not a bank and we don't have the Fed at our, at our disposal. Well, that's a, that's a good question. But uh, basically, of course, a private business, you don't usually have a major problem with liquidity. You usually have time to make your payments. Nothing is so critical that it has to be paid on a given date, otherwise all kinds of bad things happen. So uh, liquidity is not the same for private business, but nevertheless is there. But what we always had, and I heartily recommend, is that they, you get a line of credit. You get a line of credit, you, you establish credit with a bank, and a line of credit where they will agree to loan you uh, X number of dollars, whatever it is that you're going to need, and they, you only pay for it. You pay something to have the line of credit there, but you only pay for the money as you use it. And if they, well, you have to do right, they'll cover it right away. So that's an immediate cash. You don't have to go through any forms. You don't have to go through any, any uh, uh, documents or anything. It's already done. 
and uh, they, the banks love it, and the, the individual investors love it because it's, it's there. It's ready cash. So it's, it's easy to do, and it's something I highly recommend. And when you talk about a line of credit, are you talking a, a business line of credit, unsecured, or are you talking about a secured line of credit? It's, no, it's not. It's not yeah, oh, yeah, whatever it is, it could be, could be whatever it is to get the bank to make the loan. So you may have to give them securities. You may have to sign personal papers, whatever it is, whatever it was, whatever it's required. That's what you do, but it's there. And the main thing is, is there when you need it. And early on, what I did a number of years ago was I basically, when I made investments, I made mortgages and I had, I gave the mortgage to the bank and I signed personally. And as time went on, I said, you just, I don't have to do that because I built up credit with them. And I said, I want, I want to know that I can borrow from you up to a certain amount with, on my signature. No security other than my signature. And it was a big push, but they did it, uh, not, not, relu- not reluctantly, except that I told them that this is something that had to be done. And it got to a point where I could borrow or I could buy $500,000 on my signature with no security other than me. And that was a tremendous calling card. If I if I needed the money, it was there. They never I never had to tell them what it was for. They never okay. And it was uh, I found it very helpful in all kinds of business transactions because if you have to throw uh, skin into the game, it was there. When I first started out, they wanted to know what I was loaning. When I finally ended up, I said, "Look, I know what I'm doing, and you see it over a period of years. So just give me the money." And that's what they did. Highly recommended. So you presumably built up to that over a period of time where you started out with a small over, amount. Over like a period of about five years, yeah. And when, when one bank wouldn't, one bank said, "I won't give you, we won't give you more than two hundred thousand." I went and changed banks and went and told them I had a good, told the next bank, "Look, I had a good record over here, and they, they, you, you want a new customer? Here it is." And uh, yes, you build it up over a period. I love that, and of course the 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 key is not to use that except when you absolutely need it. Of course, absolutely. And it's just that it was there when I wanted it. All I had to do at that point was uh, uh, tell them it was to write out a check. And that way they, they put the money in the, in the account and started building me. Well, yeah, it, was, it worked, worked fine. And it was a wonderful, excellent calling card if you want to do business with somebody when you have the ability to put in a certain amount of your cash right away. That, that makes a lot of sense. Did you have other yeah, strategies like like maybe having other investors pledge funds or maybe yeah, uh, whatever letters of credit? No, yeah, the whatever it is to get the credit, that's one thing. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that's something that's fixed. It's, it's whatever you've got, whatever. But the key, the key is that you now have the ability to get the money from a bank without you having to tell them what you're doing and what papers you want. So they're not they're not looking at a mortgage and say yeah it's a good mortgage and not an investment it's a good investment. They are basically relying upon your credit, which they're satisfied with based on whatever information you gave them when you established uh, this line. And it's over a period of time, but believe me, it works and they love it because if you're borrowing the money, you pay it back on time. They love that, and so now you establish yourself as a good good, good credit customer, and they that's what exactly what they like. So they know. Oh, good. Every time they, uh, he asks for money, he gets, we get paid back at a, at a reasonable rate, uh, at the rate of interest. They're, they're very happy because that's what they like, a good-paying customer. The key is not to get them involved in what it is you're doing. 
if you ask them to approve your transaction, be it whatever it is, then you run a different, it's a different ball game because now you go into different uh, areas of the bank. They, then they go into loan to value and they go a whole bunch of other things. So that's where you could where you have a problem. On the other hand, if you set up the credit facility, you've already passed that. You don't have it. They're satisfied with just you or whatever it is. So you may give them securities in order to establish that line, but you're not doing it and giving them a, a, a project that you want them to do and which they will pass upon. When I tried, when I did that, saw that, I said, forget it, because if, if uh, banks were, the bankers were smart, they wouldn't be bankers, they'd be businessmen. Of course. Now, did you have any rules of thumb, for example, let's say you, you pull money off of a line of credit and your initial thought is that it's going to be required on a short-term basis, but then you discover three months in, six months in that you actually need the money for longer. Do you then go and replace it? Do you go replace it with permanent financing? Oh, it doesn't. Yeah, you can replace it. The the letter, as far as the line of credit is concerned, that's perpetual. Of course. It's not for, you didn't got it for a month or two months or three months. It's whatever it is, you need it, and it's there until you want to pay it back. And they're satisfied with it. Now, they may say you've got to pay it back within a period of five years or something like that, or within a period of a year, but it's never short-term. They don't need it short-term because they've got, the, they've got the, the security that they want. They've got somebody or some properties that have been pledged if this loan goes bad. And that's, well, that's what they're looking for. That makes sense. It does. It works fine. Uh, you know, you've got to push. To get it because banks don't like to do it. They usually like to say, well, I want to see I'm properly protected and these piece of properties. I want to see your assets. I want to see the whole bunch of things. But once you get it started and you start building it up and they see that it works, they love it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. Okay. I love the conversations with George. 92 years of age, he possesses the wisdom of the ages. I love the practicality. I love the common sense, which incidentally is not so common. And I love his ability to cut through all the noise and distraction and get to the heart of the matter. At moments like this, I truly cherish those conversations. You definitely want to take George's advice to heart and look at the liquidity in your business. And as you think about that, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.